Make sure to follow us on Instagram at DatologyPod. You can follow me on Instagram at TheKristenM, T-H-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-A-N-M. And make sure to follow me on TikTok at DatologyCoach. Submit a dating question through my site, DatologyCoach.com, or send it to me directly at hello at DatologyCoach.com. To make sure your dating profile is red flag free, go to my site and book a dating profile review session. We'll go through each section together via Zoom. We'll review your photos and I'll help you attract more compatible, emotionally available, relationship focused matches. You can also get my Write the Best Dating Profile Ever online course. Just go to datologycoach.com and click courses. All right, here's some meat. (laughs) I matched with a guy on Bumble the other day. There's where you went wrong. <laughs> There's your first problem. Okay. In his profile, he mentioned he is kitchen table polyamorous. Now, Chris and I will tell you mm-hmm. because I am old. I had to Google this. And would would you believe me if I told you Cosmopolitan came to my rescue in explaining what this is. Okay, tell us. We're all waiting. Well, what's being... your understanding of what this is? Because I have, I've never heard of kitchen table polyamorous. Okay, so what it sounds like to me <laughs> is like you know when you go to um you know that that chain restaurant and I'm gonna butcher it. It's Italian, but it's it's something like Buca di Beppo. Yes, and they have. Family style dining, meaning mm-hmm. um, you sit at a big table mm-hmm. and you've, you've got like four or five large dishes that you pass around mm-hmm. rather than individual dishes for everybody. It's like that, but your genitals are the dishes. <laughs> okay. So, so like anyone you've ever um, had a relationship with, like mm-hmm. you ended amicably and they're still in the friend group and like y'all are just passing each other around the kitchen table okay is my understanding mm-hmm. of kitchen mm-hmm. table polyamory now this doesn't necessarily mean in my again in my understanding that like the ex is a is a malignant or threatening presence that they're like trying to get back into this dude's life or anything but just but just to say that like uh he he wants to pass people around like a dish of chicken alfredo mm-hmm. right um hence the term <laughs> table polyamory. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm sure there are more nuances. Um, which we'll get back to. Mm-hmm. So let me get back to the letter. Okay. So the letter writer says, I am wholly inexperienced in this arena. Mm-hmm. But I am not closed off to the possibility. He asked me out for a date for next week and texted back and forth. For a little while, he wanted to check to make sure I didn't find the polyamory a deal breaker. And I said that I did not. But then he mentions that he has HSV2, but that he hasn't had an outbreak in over a decade. Mm-hmm. He says he has a prescription that he can take if this is a concern for me. I am also inexperienced in this arena, and I've never been diagnosed with an STI, nor have I dated someone with an STI. I'm not sure if there is still a high risk of transmission there if there has not been an outbreak in over a decade. Oh, the things I wish they would have covered in sex ed in high school. Yes. I am curious if you think someone as inexperienced with polyamory as I am should even be bothering to partner with someone who is polyamorous. In one of his text messages, he stated that he wanted to make sure that he would not become my sole source of information on polyamory. 
He said it would be good if I had other polyamorous people in my life. But sadly, I do not have anyone to talk to about this. The best I could do is read a book or something. He obviously doesn't want to be doing much of the emotional labor that comes with introducing someone to this life. Ah, yes. <laughs> of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Kristen, <laughs> Is that the end of the letter? You have any preliminary? That's it. Yeah. You have any preliminary thoughts here before we- Boy, do I, Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, he doesn't, it, it would be good if you could, I don't want to be your sole source of, fuck you. Fuck you. That That's my answer. That's such a condescending, like, hey, this is something that, you know, is kind of a, a difficult thing to maybe to fully understand. Um, but, you know, I, I need you to go find other people. There's just something about that that really bothers me. Like it's, this is, this is not a disability, right? Like where if someone had a disability and said, listen, I don't want to be your sole source of information about this. This is different. Polyamory is not a disability. You know, well, it's also not something that you can um, really Google and find like the answer. Right. Right. (laughs) Because everyone's going to do this differently. And I can just tell you, I just Googled it and uh, the top three articles, it's like different definitions of it. Uh-huh. Okay. What, what other definition did you find? So uh, KTP, kitchen mm-hmm. table polyamory, is customizable. But the general <laughs> idea is in a, in a KTP style polyamorous relationship, everyone in the group, lovers, metamors, et cetera, could sit down at a table and share a meal together. That doesn't mean that each person is sexually or romantically involved, but there is a baseline of friendship, communication, and mutual respect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's exhausting. Uh huh. That's exhausting. And yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think, I think you kind of have to work up to KTP. You know, if you are interested in, in, uh, you know, experimenting with the poly lifestyle or, um, examining it, uh, I, I would start with just, I don't know, generic polyamory. Hmm generic <laughs> I mean, I term beginner beginner <laughs> beginner polyamory yeah okay you know okay. I, I think this is something you need to work up to because this is a lot i'm so glad you said that Kristen. because um <laughs> what i think is this man's telling you he's kitchen table polyamorous because he's a fucking liar right yeah no he's not <laughs> no he's not <laughs> I, I promise you he's not i need you well, I don't need you because I mean you can you could just move on from this Velociraptor if you so desire. Um, but like if you are just curious and like you've got time today, maybe dig in a little bit and be like, so you know how like how's that going? When did this start? Like, how often do you get together? Like, who else is in this group? Like, and really, what are the parameters for you? Right? Because mm-hmm. what he's saying about like don't make me do the emotional labor of making you understand this incredibly right. complicated thing about me because I'm so nuanced and complex. Yeah. All he's saying is I don't want to define the relationship because as long as we keep it loosey goosey, yeah. I can't be held accountable for shit. That's also why he doesn't want to be your sole resource for this. Cause he doesn't fucking right. know anything about it. Cause he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't done it. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you he is not, what he is telling you he is which is kitchen table polyamorous right because it sounds super difficult 
That's it. And it's yeah, managing all these relationships and emotions and listen, you're human and it's okay if you like feel threatened or jealous or whatever. That's a lot. Like the amount of emotional, talk about emotional labor, right? It, this is, it's, this is all emotional labor. Mm-hmm. And that's PS, how I know he's not doing it. It's also <laughs> going to be the, the emotional labor is on the women. I guarantee you. Uh-huh. I guarantee you. You know, I mean, right? Right? Yeah. It really uh, yeah. is. I just, I just, I already know this isn't happening. I, this is aspirational for him, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, Godspeed, my guy. Like, um, I, there's, there is one possibility, though. And I, I have to ask, um, partially inspired by your email address, um, but is there, is there a large age gap here? Oh. Because I'll tell you where I can see this working is in a nursing home where the stakes are low because some of you are about to die anyway. Sure, pass the genitals around like a fucking plate of spaghetti and clam sauce. No pun oh, no, intended. <laughs> but uh, yeah, is there is there a large age gap here? Is he much older than you? Because it certainly sounds like he is poised to take advantage of you. Yeah. Yep. In the ways that we already mentioned, but also yeah. this whole like, oh, oh, by the way, yeah, I, I could take medication if you want me to, like, if you're worried about it, like, it's not, it's not like something I'll do out of concern for your well-being or like your, like, consideration for your sexual health. But like, if you demand this of me, because like, you're like a little insecure, can you I'll imagine someone who's engaging in KTP, kitchen table polyamory, uh-huh. and not taking medication for their HSV2? Uh-huh. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, he is because he's not he's not doing it. Right. Unless he's 80 years old, in, in which case all of his other sex partners are like, yeah, whatever, pass it around. I already got it too. Doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> 86, the meatballs, give me a side of chlamydia. Whatever. <laughs> We're all at the table here together, my Nan. friends. There you go, Nan. There's your line. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I just, this guy's full of shit. Yeah, he's full of it. Would be extremely fun to call him out. Um, one thing I can tell you, because you ask, you know, is there a high possibility of transmission? Uh, no, but there is a certainty of transmission if you don't use condoms. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's it's not a it's not a high risk. It's it's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So uh this guy has the fucking audacity, I will tell you. <laughs> I wish him well. I mean Godspeed, my friend. I yeah, I hope he finds something that works for him. I don't think he will until he's in the nursing home. Right. Um and uh I, I mean, I don't know. That's that, that's all I'll say. Like if if this is still intriguing to you and like you literally want to fuck around and find out that uh-huh. speed mm-hmm. <laughs> live your life have your fun use your condoms yeah uh that's that's it i yeah. i just i wouldn't get attached to this because this yeah. doesn't seem like the kind of situation that is tenable in the long term right but listen if you do want to explore polyamory sure. i don't think it's a bad idea to you know yeah, no, first of all do not. your research but also, like, yeah, maybe talk to people who are in that community mm-hmm. and 
and say, you know, make it clear you've done your research, not that you're, you know, poking at them under a microscope. Right. Um, and just say, this is, these are the questions that I have. These are the concerns about, these are the concerns. Right. Like, how does this work? What are the, you know, how does this work for you? Literally, where are the boundaries? Because right. Because like, it's, how do you, it's yeah. this is all about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I just, I see directly through this, like, oh, I don't want to do the emotional labor of communicating my boundaries to you, sir. Right. That's all this is. Right. <laughs> Which is why I ask, like, you know, are you, is there an age gap? Are you much younger? Because he's, he's obviously trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's full of uh, it. So, yeah, I, you know, to that end, I, I guess I would add, like, if you want to try polyamory, I wouldn't do it for him. Right. Right. I wouldn't do it with somebody that you've never met, that you have no established uh, relationship with, um, no established trust. Right. That's no. If you're going to enter into that community, um, you, you need to do it with someone that you trust. Right. And like he's already being cagey. Mm-hmm. I don't care for it. No. Nope. Fuck you next. Fuck this guy next. That's it. That. That's it. That's that on that. Okay, with uh, and just like that, uh, the second season coming. Um, here is a, a an interesting hot take on uh, Carrie and Aiden from Talia Lichstein. T a l i a l i c h t s t e i n. Hello. My favorite litmus test for people, like how I decide if. I like them or if I think they're like smart is asking if they think Aiden was a good boyfriend. If you say yes, I think that you're kind of naive and maybe not wise in the way I like my friends to be wise. Sorry, that sounds mean, but it's true. Aiden was the worst and Carrie sucks too, but, and also so does Big. I don't know how so many people can spot the nice guy who's actually the worst type of asshole in real life and they can't see it with that character. First of all, he fucking hated her guts. He hated everything about her. The moment he met her, he wanted to change her. He wanted her to be this other type of woman. He wanted someone who didn't smoke. He wanted somebody who was really into Suffern and wanted to be outdoors in his stupid gross cabin. He wanted somebody who was into his dog. He wanted somebody who would be his booth bitch all the time. And if you wanted that person, you don't change a girl and guilt trip her into being that person. You go look for the girl who's actually that person. He was so self-righteous. He's so guilt-trippy. Let's get Maui'd. Let's go have a wedding in Maui or Aspen. Do you even know the girl you're dating? Do you know the first thing about this girl? And yes, spare me. I know she wasn't right for him either. I know she treated him the way that Big treated her, blah, 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 which means that Big also wasn't good for her. But nobody's perfect. At least with Big, she was herself. At least Big didn't change her. It would take flip-floppy hard to get immature big any day over passive aggressive self-righteous guilt trippy i who secretly kind of hates me she would have been miserable anyone would be miserable with him if he if you weren't the perfect girl that he was idealizing if you didn't want to go to his cabin all the time he would kind of secretly resent you and be mean to you just like he okay Mm -hmm. now i agree and i disagree because i don't think he tried to change carrie okay I think that that's just who he was, and they were both very much in denial of how completely incompatible they were. 
Well, yeah, I mean, maybe the um, maybe the in between here is 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 noting that like he expected her to fit into his life and adapt to his wants and hobbies. And he did not reciprocate that. And did you say she did not? He did not. He wanted to stay home with a bucket of chicken. Okay. He wanted to stay home with a bucket of chicken, but she had to go to Suffern. You know what I'm saying? But was that the case? Or was she just not including him? I think kind of both, but I mean, I I also think had he gone, he would have just been in, insufferable. You know what I mean? He would have yeah. just been looking at his watch all night. Yeah, they really were terribly, terribly mismatched. And mm-hmm. I really think that the creators, I mean, John Corbett played the hell out of that role. Yeah. He just was so great at it. That people just really fell for him, especially after Big. And I think when you go from somebody who is that toxic as Big was, anything looks good. And (laughs) and that's why you become so blind to, because you went from, you know, like Talia said, you went to opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Well, I mean, Aiden also was likable because he, he played on our internalized misogyny, right? Ooh. Talk to me. Say it. So, I mean, Aiden Aiden looks good on paper. And the mm-hmm. reason he looks good on paper is because he's wholesome. He's family-oriented. He, you know, he's not a social climber. He's not a climber in terms of his career. But he makes enough. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a respectable career, right? But he's, he's not like a corporate fucking scumbag, like big. Mm-hmm. He's not out there making the world a worse place, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he wants a commitment right he wants to lock this thing down um and those are all the things we are supposed to want because again Mm -hmm. like we're supposed to want a man who can take care of us Uh and uh can kind of come to our rescue right and we're also expected to to slide neatly into his life and like adapt to his wants and take on his hobbies and his friend group and its dog because conversely, everything that we liked and did when we were single, such as eating saltines and jam over the sink, mm-hmm. is shallow and feminine and therefore unimportant compared to the things that he likes, which are which are important and noble. Okay, well, I, I didn't consider that, but I see that now and I agree with you. Um, There's definitely a whole air about Aiden of like, oh, you silly girl and your fashion. Like, that's 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 her whole life. Yes, when he wanted her to clean out the closet, mm-hmm. and she's like, "This is this is Chanel." Correct. It's not important to him, and right. because it's not important to him, he deems it frivolous. Right. Right. Okay. Now I see it. Good point. Okay. Yes. 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 He definitely. And then when he moved all his shit in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like he moved all his stuff in. First of all, why are you moving into her apartment? First well, of all, yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, but secondly, um, when he was trying to, the way he's to, like, why do you have this? Why do you have that? What, right. dude? You're in my home, right? <laughs> right? Fuck off, right? Why are you, you are... running through my things like a raccoon? You, are... <laughs> you, 
you are free to leave my my friend right you know but i've always gone back to this when he was flirting with the bartender and like right in front of her Mm -hmm. right in front of her and he when she said what are you doing well just playing jacks like he that's where that passive aggressive you know he when he ever showed up and she said, did the whole, you have to forgive me, you have to forgive me. One of my favorite scenes of the whole series because of how she did that line. And, you know, it's, it was so clear he, the contempt he had for her. And you do have to ask yourself, like, how do you get past that? How I mean, do you get- I, Yeah, well, you can't, which is why we need to bring back Burger. <laughs> right? right? Especially when, you know, again, like I, like that, that instance that you refer to that's that's a time we can point directly toward his passive aggression right Mm -hmm. but like the whole minimizing of her likes her interests her hobbies oh wait a minute what about the stuff with the laptop oh you didn't back it up oh you dumb girl right i'll help you (laughs) i'll come in and save you here's a computer that i bought for you that you're gonna like that you had no say in purchase right right let me renovate this apartment right for you even though you didn't ask for that (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm seeing it now i'm seeing it now yes it was very much about um he never really can took her what she wanted into consideration and eventually it just became about competing with big right right you know it just but but i'll say again like the reason that this character won everybody over and was effective is because again like he looks great on paper right like yeah on paper we all say like oh yeah i would love a guy to take charge and like begin renovations mm-hmm. and he could do it himself too mm-hmm. well yeah he can also control the entire process and dictate when you can be there because you're a writer and you need quiet to write and kind of just like center himself in your entire life he could also do that (laughs) but do you also notice or remember how um like when they move in together but he had a dog Mm -hmm. like uh, you put a dog in there with two people and she never really mentioned stuff that one time she had to walk him and he got sick right never never mentioned the dog again the dog never played a role in any of it i just couldn't imagine frilly girly carrie being okay with a dog well, right, because she went out to walk him in heels. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then when she found Aiden again after losing Pete, she, like, you know, she was very clearly annoyed by having to chase him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Aiden yeah. is not the great bro- boyfriend that we thought, and they're bringing no. him back, and I don't... I, I want to see Burger. I want to see... What's the arc? Show me the arc with Burger. Yeah. You know, because to me... We we just we didn't get enough of him. I know, and you know, Burger to me would represent like if if we ever found a man we wanted to be on the show, right? <laughs> who could hold his own in the discussion, right? Right? Who who could hear the things that we say about like accountability, becoming mm-hmm. likable, growing as a person not being passive aggressive right not not giving in to internalized misogyny like burger can can get out all of that intellectually right but can he can he do it <laughs> that's but, burger's final boss okay but how about now that we're talking about burger 
how about when Carrie was reading his book and he was like, and she, and she was like, yeah, nobody will be wearing a scrunchie. Yeah. Well, that turned out to actually be pretty stupid because scrunchies came back in a big way. <laughs> scrunchies came back in a big way, but she really was like, she was minimizing his stuff. Yeah. In a way. And I could see like, he was just so threatened by her and he, you know, that fragile male ego and his book didn't do well. And that was a case of, Hey, what do you do when you're with a partner and one and they're more successful than you are. Right. And he was clearly so threatened by it. And I would have loved to have seen them examine that more instead of shoving it all into one episode. Right. And that, right. Cause Berger could intellectualize that. Right. Like, I mean, if you, if he had stayed to work through it, like they, they could truly improve each other. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, he was the only one to really tell them. I mean, he's the, he's just not that into you guy. He was really the only one to be like, I can't listen to this bullshit anymore. Dude, he's not into you. Stop listening to them. Yeah. Stop listening to them. He's just not that into you. And, and the fact that Miranda liked him so much, Mm -hmm. I think said a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Because I think Miranda appreciated that kind of, that kind of clarity and that kind of transparency. Like there was, he was, there was no air about him the way there was with Big. And frankly, with the way there was with Aiden. Right. Like Berger was just your typical guy. I also feel like there, there's an argument to be made that um, Berger took no shit in a, in a way very similar to what we would advise Carrie to do if, if the situation were reversed, right? Right. If she published her book, Berger read it, he minimized her accomplishment said that like oh you oh you know you know how i know you don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. with this project you devoted more than a year of your life to (laughs) and then continue to point out examples and laugh at you uh i think we would tell carrie like fucking walk don't even leave a note right (laughs) fuck this guy right right you know and i i really do i want to see burger hashtag bring back burger that's it i want i just i I just think you have to respect how burger walked the walk right he gave us he's just not that into you Mm -hmm. he discovered relatively quickly he's just not that into carrie he made good on that (laughs) (laughs) he didn't lead her on (laughs) yeah yep he just fucking bounced Because he valued his time. And hers, maybe. And hers, maybe. Oh, my God. Do we have one more letter? We do. All right. Let's... It's the it's the meatiest of all. Okay. Okay. All right. So it says, hi. First of all, I just want to say I really enjoy both of you on the podcast. Thank you for all the entertainment and wisdom. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I know the backstory leading up to this question isn't pretty and does not make me look cool. Oh, friend, we're not cool. It's okay. (laughs) Gather round. (laughs) Gather round the nerd table. We're having (laughs) s'mores. Because we're not cool girls here. All right, here it is. I'm 39. My attachment style is probably a mix of anxious and anxious avoidant. Embarrassingly, I have also had problems with limerence in the past. 
I've never been a stalker or anything, but I have had long-lasting infatuations with intrusive thoughts and fantasies about men that I like. Mm-hmm. I've been in what I would call a close situationship or almost relationship for about 10 years with a dismissive avoidant. Mm-hmm. He is a kind person, and we bond over our mutual love of animals and music. We always have the best times together, but he has attachment issues, as do I. Uh, we adore each other and understand each other enough to recover well from disagreements now. I rarely feel upset by his need for more space anymore, and he recognizes when I am anxious and indulges my need for more attention. I think dysfunctional people deserve love too, and I see us as two dysfunctional people trying to do that in the ways that we can, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want a real relationship, but he's too avoidant to take on that label. But I have been happy enough to stick it out despite that. And the lack of true commitment or vulnerability sort of feels safe to my avoidance side too. I'm not saying it's right, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. The area that we live in has become wildly expensive. Ah, uh, yes, planet <laughs> Earth. We have talked about moving away together in the past, which was his idea. But we both take care of our elderly parents now. Neither of us live with them, though. His parents own their own home, have ample retirement savings, and are generous with him. My parent has nothing besides stingy government assistance and me. The area that we live in has become wildly expensive, and we've talked about moving away together in the past. It was his idea. But we both take care of our elderly parents now. Neither of us live with them, though. His parents own their own home, have ample retirement money, and are generous with him. My parent has nothing besides stingy government assistance and me. If I take my parent across the country to be near my siblings, I will have more support and help and live in an area where I could afford to buy a home instead of renting, which is important to me right now. When I told him I had to move away, he was very sad about it. He got choked up and told me how much he would miss me, but says he'll understand or says he understands why I have to go. I am incredibly heartbroken to be leaving him because it's painful. I feel physical pain from it sometimes. Plans to move are in motion, but I am sort of clinging to this fantasy that he will help me out so that I don't have to, because he could help me. He owns a big home with a mortgage that is about half as much as the rent for my shitty one bedroom. He could take me in and alleviate much of my housing costs so that I could stay here in the area that I love. Even if it wasn't permanent, it would help me save a down payment. I've never needed or asked for help like this before, but we've also been doing this for 10 years. And I thought we're friends, if nothing else. He has brought up moving away together in the past. So it's like, help me for fuck's sake. So here's my question. Keeping in mind that I suffer from limerence, do I make one last attempt and point out to him that he could help me if he wants to keep me in his life? Like, what if his avoidant ass just needs a little push? Or am I being completely pathetic and need to recognize that if he wanted to, he would? Did I just spend a decade reading this whole situation wrong, like some long-term limerent daydream or something? I really thought he cared for me in his own way, and I can't believe that he's not stepping up in my time of need. I feel completely heartbroken, so please be kind. Thank you. Did she say that they've had, like, been physically intimate? Well, she says situationship or almost relationship, so I am going to assume that that is part of it. Um, okay. 
So my feeling is he, he knows what you need. He's not dumb. He knows that he could keep you around and make your life easier if he asked you to move in with him. And he is not doing that. And so I'm not really sure. I mean, you can, you can ask him, you can bring it up, but I, I, I do think this is a case of if he wanted to, he would. Okay. That's, right. that's my take. What is your take? Well, there, that is certainly a possibility. Um, I think that it is actually even more complicated than, <laughs> than even yeah. this letter conveys. Yeah. So I, guess i have some questions like you mentioned you're caring for your elderly parent but you also see you have siblings so you talk about moving with the parent to be near siblings but you love the city that you're in and the reason it's becoming unlivable is because you have to support you and your parent but mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah. could a solution be that you know you work with your siblings to move your parent out to the more affordable part of the country or or could you get your fucking cheap lazy siblings to kick in and pay your rent one since of you're the other one taking taking care of your parent where Something, are they right where like are they you, right that's that is right so that's that's one question is like if anyone should jump in and help here, it sounds like it's them. Yeah, this so, re- this reeks of well, but you're the single one. It does. The, you're the it single does. one, so you need to do that. But it it's really time to have um, a difficult conversation with the siblings and point out that um, the people who have dual income are in a much better position to kick in. And mm-hmm. and look, it doesn't. It you're not asking them to shoulder this entire burden. Mm-hmm. You're just asking not to shoulder it alone, which is right. very reasonable. Very reasonable. Like I, I wonder how you got into this scenario in the first place. Is it just because you were around? That's how it sounds. It sounds like you grew up in this area, and that's how your parent is still there. Because you're, I mean, otherwise, I imagine they would have been priced out already. Right. 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 So that's how it sounds, and uh, that's one question I have: is like, mm-hmm. why are we not dividing? the labor and the cost that way. Mm-hmm. Now, another part of me thinks this is it, man. This is, this is your hallmark moment, right? You in this city have run its course. Mm-hmm. And as much as you love the city you're in and would like to stay, mm-hmm. you have this absolute anvil of a man dragging you down. Mm-hmm. And this might actually be the thing that finally frees you of this. Mm-hmm. Like a, a big, huge life change like this. Because if you stay, you know, it sounds like you're going to try to keep this up. And I, I'm not sure what for, because it sounds like he's been disappointing you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you just kind of got used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now here he is disappointing you again. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I think one way or another, like this is um, not the man for you. Right. But this is, this is also, and I want to go back to the, I think dysfunctional people need love too. Absolutely. Like, please, when I talk about my avoidance, honey, I I didn't heal my avoidance. Like I got involved with someone who was also somewhat avoided and that's why it works. Well, and that's the thing is, is that it sounded like this was working, Mm -hmm. but it's not anymore. Right. Right. That's, that's it. It's, It's not anymore. Right. Because Something something has to give here, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, it it also, I mean, it also kind of this letter kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, this this has probably all been building. Like, is on some level, are are you using this as leverage to? Yeah. Yes. Are you using this as this a way to to become a commitment? Right. Right. Be um, honest with yourself about that. Are you using this as a way to move in together? Right. Because you don't want that. You don't. You, you want to move in with with him because you guys want to create a life together. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're just yeah. You're you're putting an awful lot of stock in his words, and mm-hmm. he um he's not he's, he's no burger. He's not he's making no, good on any of his words, right? No. But also too, don't assume like he's got all these attachment issues. Well, that too. Don't assume that he could just be like he he's, you know, he relies on you for attention and sex. Mm-hmm. This has been working for him. This has been working for him. So don't don't assume to know what his attachment style is. Don't that that is where I think you're tripping up here. Right. Because you're assuming, well, he's an avoidant and that's why we're di- no, maybe he's just an asshole. Right. Maybe he's just a guy who's taking advantage of your feelings for him. Yeah, I mean, you point out that he's kind and you have a good time together, but like as as evidence, you say like you both like animals and music. So, well, those are those are two objectively great things. (laughs) But it's been ten years. Like that's Mm -hmm. it. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. After ten years, man, you should be like that kind of level of intimacy. Uh. -uh. That's what I mean about this. This has been building for a while. Mm -hmm. So why does it seem like this is a surprise to both of you? Right. Right. This doesn't, this is, there's something about this that is giving the impression of, you know, after 10 years, this just doesn't sound like much of a relationship or even a friendship. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Kristen, because (laughs) (laughs) this is, this is, this is now, I mean, this is, I mean, this letter is going to become canon. Like we're going to refer back to this as a, as a classic example of uh, why men aren't your friend. Right. Right. Now, also (laughs) i'm not even gonna stay on the other hand here because like i'm not i'm not even just like i'm not trying to play devil's advocate at all Mm -hmm. or defend him but Mm -hmm. i i will say like it's it's an awful lot to put on a relationship or a friend Mm -hmm. to say help me for fuck's sake right (laughs) because if they wanted to they would Right. right so the other thing i guess um I would like you to believe is that if you were to move in with him, I don't think that simplifies things at all because yeah. now you're in this, now you're in this no man's land where like things are ill-defined. Are you mm-hmm. friends? Are you in a relationship? What are the mm-hmm. boundaries of the relationship? Is it still mm-hmm. casual? Are you paying him rent? And like how much, like now you all have to get like, you have to go from zero to a hundred in terms of intimacy if you move in with him, because you're going to have to like bear all in terms of finances, right? Mm-hmm. And figure out what's fair for you to be paying proportionate to both of your incomes and debts. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if he is going to do the right thing in mm-hmm. that regard mm-hmm. or if he's going to um look at the situation and say sucks for you that I got lucky and that you didn't we're doing 50-50 in which case you're not you're not really saving up for a house right right like you're just paying half his mortgage right 
Right. So that's the other thing is regardless of how much you're you're paying proportionally, even if the intent is to move out, you're going to need a contract. Yeah. Of some yeah. kind. Yeah. I think the easiest thing to do is to go to your family and say, time to kick in. I agree. With- but this, you have to understand, this is a zero-sum game for him. Right. <laughs> this is... This is all risk, no reward as far as he's concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, like even if the intention is for you to eventually move out, like then you have to talk about, well, he's got to buy out your share of the portion that you kicked in for the mortgage. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like, honestly, he he uh, is lazy and doesn't, yeah. doesn't want to work hard right. for this. right. And is more content just to be like, sucks to suck, see ya. Yeah, I don't I don't see him putting in the risk. I don't see him risking here. I don't see him putting on, on the title. I don't see him having these kind of agreements. I don't see it. Like, I think so far this relationship has very, been very convenient for him. And he's been willing to go along with it. Mm-hmm. So yep. I would say turn to your family, ask them for money, for help, for support. Because it really shouldn't be all on you. No. Um. And it, it's so clearly like you're the single one and that's bullshit too. Um, I, well, I and again, it, it might be, it might be about that, that difference in income, right? Like if, mm-hmm. you know, if you're making six figures, but you live in San Francisco, like we, we kind of need to adjust, <laughs> like we need to, we need to do a little more complicated math, right? If we're talking mm-hmm. about splitting the cost with your siblings who live in Kansas, right? you're not asking them to pay 50, 50. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, again, if they have a dual income, like that's right. Well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The the you answer got here, family stuff to work out first, yeah, I think. You've got to go to your family first. And and if they don't if they can't kick in, I would I, I honestly I would cut ties with this guy. He really like Sarah said, he really is an albatross around your neck. Mm-hmm. He, he, this doesn't sound to me like he's going to step up and do for you what you hope he's going to do for you. Yeah. And I think you might be romanticizing this relationship a bit. Again, in terms of like putting a lot, like too much stock in what he says, like he, he was doing it too, right? Like, oh, it's, it's fun to talk about like running away together. Mm. That's it. It was just fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take that. The minute this isn't fun. Right. He's, He's out. out. <laughs> yep. I, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't hear anything in here. All right. I didn't pick up any inkling of like, he's been providing me emotional support. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's been offering suggestions. Like, right. Not, none of that. He was just like, oh, that sucks. Well, I yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he's, I think you're over romanticizing this relationship. I think your family needs to kick in. And I, I, I don't, I mean, you could bring it up to him, but he's going to say no. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I would not recommend that you bring it up to him because mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to. I think you're going to end up in a situation where he rips the bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah. And why, why put yourself through that? No answer is the answer. Right. You know how he feels, which is to say not deeply. Right. Unfortunately. Um, So are we saying fuck this guy? 
I think we are. Yeah. I think, you know, follow up. If follow you like. up. Okay, guys, follow us on. Oh, wait a minute, Sarah, final thoughts. Any final thoughts? I just, um, I just, I just want, a, I just want a nice resolution for this person. Yes, <laughs> I, I just, do too. It sounds like you've been shouldering a lot with mm-hmm. no assistance from mm-hmm. your family or this douchebag. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a clean break on your own terms is going to be really refreshing. Yes. Um, but yeah, you, you got to work stuff out with your family because this is not fair at all. Not at all. Okay, follow us on Instagram at Datology Pod. Follow me on Instagram at the Kristen M T H E C H R I S T A N M. Follow me on TikTok at Datology Coach. Go to Datology Coach to submit your dating questions. Coming up on February 7th, I'm doing a swiping strategy uh, session and it's like 45 minutes to an hour. You'll, if you can't make the live class, you'll get a recording of it. We're going to talk about, you know, how the algorithm affects or how your behavior on the app uh, affects the algorithm, what a, 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 an effective swiping strategy looks like, um, how not to get bogged down in um, in a lot of the common frustrations of dating apps. Go to datologycoach.com. And then on February 28th, we're doing the same thing, strategy session for writing a bio. We're talking about how to write a bio, how to write prompts, and registration for both includes the master online dating and write the best dating profile ever online course go to datologycoach.com and click classes to register sarah mm-hmm. another meaty show Oof, what a week that's a long one it was almost two hours guys i'm so oh. sorry we might have to like split this up i'm sorry have to. what do you mean you mean you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay meaty as hell meaty as hell bye bye, bye.